0: what's up it's episode 96 pain points of wealth and fool me once Jay Powell. shame on me Fool me twice shame on you the fed continues to talk tough when it comes to raising interest rates combating inflation yet only a year ago they said there was no reason to raise interest rates at all should you trust the fed is anything they're saying right now make any sense should you believe it are we going to recession Is inflation actually coming down? Well, we're going to give you our viewpoint, what we think is happening right now in the economy, what you need to be doing with your portfolio, and we're going to talk about unhealthy financial foods. The financial services industry loves to sell you lots of products that you probably don't need in your portfolio. We're going to break that down for you. Check it out. We've got a great show.
1: Welcome to the pain points of wealth the podcast that addresses the pain points that come with creating, growing, and sustaining your wealth, giving you a multi-generational perspective from three pains in a pod. Bob Payne, the boomer, Chris Payne, the millennial, and Ryan Payne, the generation somewhere in between.
2: You know what, Ryan? I think Every time Jay Powell gets on stage to talk, I think he's got his fingers crossed behind his back. What do you think, guys?
3: Well, of course he does, Chris, because you know what? No one can predict what's unpredictable. No one can know what's unknowable, including our Federal Reserve Chairman, Jerome Powell. Hey, this time last year, guys, quote, unquote, I'm not even thinking about even thinking about raising interest rates. And here we go, you know, two weeks ago, Friday, he's more hawkish than ever, rattling the cage, telling everybody he's going to keep rates high, bring a lot of pain, get price stability. Unless things change and then next meeting he'll change his mind.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. And they have all these Fed officials coming out. Just a year ago, fifty percent of them were talking about how there was no reason, they saw no reason to raise interest rates whatsoever. Now you have every Fed official coming out talking about how rates have to go as high as four percent. They've got to be super tough on inflation. And it's just amazing like what a short-term memory everyone has. Like, how can we even listen to these people? When 12 months ago, they were completely singing a different completely tune than they are
2: today.
3: Well, one thing I know for sure, guys, is that uh, there's extreme pessimism out there right now. The negativity is kind of really thick. So thick you can cut it with a knife. More than one client called me this week and say, hey, Michael Berry, that guy, you know, was in the big short. He used to play the drums while, you know, his investors kept pulling his money out. He made a killing, you know, in the subprime mortgage business. He's negative now. He's bearish. He's calling for a big bubble burst. Uh, You know, you get these guys through every cycle, right? Every cycle, you have somebody who made a correct call or a lucky guess, and they never have a second one. You ever notice that? Better to be right once than never. Well, the thing is, we used to have, you know, magazine covers that would tell us how things are going. You know, when I started back in the 70s, Newsweek was famous for its headline, the death of equities. Literally, they wrote an article in 1979 saying stocks would never go up again. That was the biggest bottom in my career. I mean, Best buying opportunity I've ever seen in my life. And you have the same type of situation right now. Negativity is really, really thick.
2: Well, you know what? I've been hearing that a lot from our clients too, Dad. People have call me up all week just saying, hey, is it time to get out? Is it time for us to uh, go to cash? And I said, well, look, I said, I got good news for you. One, I'm happy to buy your shares because I always like a good discount. But here's the amazing thing. 63% of the equity funds that Morningstar covers are starting to increase their cash position. So it's not just you know the Michael Berries of the world, it's the broader markets. Well, one thing I do know, guys, from my
3: many years of experience is ubiquitous gloom means we're closer to a bottom than we are at a top. And now, why is that important? Well, nobody knows when the market's going to turn, right? It'll turn for some reason. And when it does, the first six months of a bull market, new bull market, goes up anywhere from 20 to 30%. Now, if you sell into the decline, you sell into the gloom, you get back in 30% higher. You know what? That destroys your long-term strategy.
0: Yeah, no, and that's the truth is just the sentiment right now is just so, so negative. And you're seeing all the headlines, you're seeing all these, the same characters they always bring out that Michael Berry is kind of funny because there's an article, we should probably put it in the liner notes of this, where he's been wrong in the last 11 big moves. He's called for some big sell-off in the market or stock, and he's been dead wrong. So that's like a great counter indicator. In fact, he was talking about shorting Tesla like a year ago, which would have been a terrible decision to make. So, you know, I think it is. An interesting time because you know we've kind of been drumming the beat that like, look, the economy is not that bad. We're seeing inflation come down in a big, big way. But meanwhile, because the markets are so volatile, you're just seeing some of the pessimism that we haven't seen since the bottom of the financial crisis. And this is nothing like the bottom of the financial crisis. That's the crazy part.
3: You know, Ra, you always say that the market exists in the gap between reality and expectations, and the expectations are very low right now. But the reality is the biggest impact on inflation, the number one most important factor in inflation is energy, right? I mean, if, you, if you're if you going to make a product, you got to have the parts and the equipment delivered to you, right? And then you have to ship it out from wherever it's manufactured. Then it has to go to Amazon and you call Amazon and then they ship it to you. So there's, you know, energy costs have the biggest impact on inflation. And, you know, I don't think anybody's really paid attention to the fact that oil, which was like $120 a barrel just a couple of weeks ago, you know, hit $82 a barrel. It's on its way into the seventies. So if you have inflation coming down, and you have oil, which I think is a bigger impact on the market than even interest rates. You know, you have the recipe for a booming economy.
2: Well, I can tell you what, that I for one am very happy that the cost of gasoline is coming down because, you know, it's been really painful trying to sail to all my clients' houses and do our annual reviews.
3: You know, Chris, I had a really hard time. We were up in Newport trying to start that engine on your boat. That's like, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'm just not a sailor.
0: Yeah, Chris, I think, you know, they, they build engines for a reason, so you don't have to sail. And I'm not sure you're aware of this new technology. But no, it's a great point because a lot of the data that you see about inflation is backwards looking, right? We call strategists and economists historians. They love to tell you about what happened. But on the ground floor, to your point, Bob, like, look, we're in the mid 80s now when it comes to energy prices. A lot of other commodities have come down. We're starting to see housing prices across the country cool, which makes sense, right? Interest rates went up a lot. So, the carrying cost, if you have a mortgage, it's way more expensive than it was at the beginning of the year. So, people are less inclined to buy right now, which is bringing prices down. And this is exactly what you wanted to see, or we wanted to see, or the Fed wanted to see, is you wanted to see this red hot economy start to cool off a little bit. But in the meantime, we've got a strong employment market. We have more people coming back into the labor force. And this is not a bad combination. And I don't care what the headlines <laughs> tell you. So, you know, you really got to ignore the media and all these just like negative, horrible messages out there like it's apocalypse now. It really isn't. And, you know, you're going to be penalized as an investor if you start making irrational decisions right now while the uncertainty is extremely high. Right.
2: Well, that's the problem. With, you know, to dad's point with all these prognosticators like the Michael Berry's of the world, it's like they can afford to be wrong. Whereas like a lot of our clients and, you know, the three of us can't afford to be wrong. We got to be in. I just read a statistic the other day that says, you know, 40% of your return comes from your dividends and during inflationary times 54% of your return comes from dividends and you can't make that money unless you're invested. It's hard to collect the dividend while you're sitting in
3: cash, right? You get paid a little bit of interest. But, you know, Chris, when you came up with this idea of doing the podcast, you know, the whole idea was to help people deal with the reality of what's going on versus the emotions of what the media is telling us. I had a client call the other day and said, "Bob, oh my goodness, I don't watch the news anymore because they tell us it's the worst market ever in history. And I said, what are you talking about? We're at 32,000 on the Dow. You know, we were at 18,000 two years ago, you know, when we had COVID hit. I mean, think about that. 18,000, we're at 32,000 now. And, you know, hey, look, let's face it. If you've invested all your money in cryptocurrency and innovative disruptive technology, voodoo stocks that have, you know, the promise of earning someday, you're really getting hammered right now. You know, I'd feel bad for you. But if you own the types of portfolios that we invest in, if you own our portfolio, we're going through what is historically a normal correction. It's part of the price you pay to be a long-term investor. Things aren't that bad. And you know what? This time next year, we'll probably be looking at all-time record highs on our portfolio.
0: Well, that's right, right? You have sentiment that's as low as it was during the financial crisis. And remember, markets were down 50 60% over that time frame. And to your point, Bob, if you're in a diversified portfolio right now, maybe you're down a little over 10%. That's nowhere near what the financial crisis looked like. And I think that has a lot to do with that institutional memory. You know, people really forget what it was like to be in the financial crisis and how much more of a problem that was. You know, that was a really scary time. People were losing their jobs. You never saw where there's a risk for the big banks to fail since really the Great Depression. And, And this is really nothing like that. Yet the media wants you to believe it is. And again, to your point, like that's just so dangerous, Chris, to your portfolio. You can't make irrational decisions when it comes to your financial health. The stakes are just too high.
3: Well, you know the old expression, guys, scared money never wins. And you go back in the words of one of our former presidents, the only thing to fear is fear itself, right? You take a look at the economy. You look what's happening with earnings. Every client I speak to, their business would be booming even more if they could find employees. So, you know, people, things are good. Things are not as bad as everyone anticipates, right? We have... For the first time, we have a good opportunity to bond market. So it's a good place to be to compound your interest and dividends there. And most of our portfolio is going to go ex-dividend this month. I'm looking forward to buying at bargain prices. The P.E. ratios are reasonable. The forward P.E. ratios are even better. And uh, I think, again, this time next year, we'll be looking at all-time highs.
2: Well, guys, I've said it once. I'll say it again. If we invested based on what the media says and the Wall Street prognosticators say, we'd never make any money.
0: Hey, hope you're enjoying episode 96, Pain Points of Wealth. Bob, Chris, and I now have a collective 75 years helping individuals just like you with your planning and investing. This is literally what we do every single day. Everything you hear on this podcast along with some due diligence of your own can help you get ahead financially literally at any stage of your journey. But if you want a more hands-on approach and you've saved over a million dollars for your financial independence plan... We'll put together for you our now famous total financial master plan, where we literally do a full holistic review. We go through everything. In fact, we're gonna build you your own personalized financial portal, give you a bird's eye view of your entire financial picture, hone in on every financial issue you have. We'll look at income. Do you have an income plan when you finally live off your portfolio? We're gonna put together a full income plan, factor in inflation, so you don't run out of money over the rest of your life. We're gonna look at diversification. Has your portfolio gotten hit hard this year as markets are extremely volatile? Or have you been sitting with way too much money in cash, earning nothing while inflation is at a 40 year high? We're going to put together a full investment game plan, show you how to grow your money, but most importantly, protect it over the rest of your life. And we're going to look at fees and taxes. A lot of these products on Wall Street. They have high fees. Those annuities, insurance products, brokerage products, mutual funds. We're going to show you how to reduce all the hidden costs on your portfolio, show you optimize your portfolio for taxes. We're going to give you our full tax playbook. It's not what you make. It's what you take. Simply go to www.paincm.com slash financial plan if you qualify for a free complimentary financial review. Hey, it's the tipping point. This is where we pinpoint the pain point, having the biggest impact on your wealth right now. And, Bible Chris, you know, at our boutique firm, Pain Capital Management, we oversee over a billion dollars. You know, we found that in the financial world, there's a lot of fluff, or, you know, there's a lot of products and services you probably want to avoid at all costs. So, I thought we could use the analogy of unhealthy financial food and talk about how there's unhealthy financial products that our listeners need to avoid at all costs.
2: I don't know, right? Every time you say boutique firm, I think about like a hair salon. I think we should offer a free financial review as well as a haircut. But yeah, I mean, talk about empty calories. The other day I was doing a proposal for a client of mine and he brought a proposal that he'd received from one of the big banks, not going to mention any names, but the proposal was 75 pages long. And after going through it, I could only find about three pages worth of good information. The rest was just legalese and a bunch of what we call industry jargon, You know, words like alpha and beta and things that the average person doesn't understand. Hey, guys, you know what you have to remember is when you look at Wall Street, you look at these big
3: investment banks, you look at these wirehouses, the insurance companies. As a portfolio manager that worked with me at one of those big firms for 30 years, told me, he said, Bob, don't forget, we're not about making money for your clients or doing planning. The firm we work for is a marketing organization. And that's the problem. You know, they even when they put together a financial plan, it's so blanderized. Because all they care about is marketing and compliance. They don't really care about you making money or doing what's in your best interest. Maybe there's a reason why they fought the fiduciary rule. Maybe there's a reason why it's better to be with a boutique firm like us where we follow the fiduciary rule.
0: Well, you know, that's a good point because I remember when I was at one of the big firms, we won't mention names today, apparently, is we used to do this magnificent financial plan. It was this big blue leather bound book and it had like 75 pages. And it was the most blanderized bunch of BS that had no value, yet the firm encouraged you to put these together for your clients. And to your point, it was just all fluff. There was no real value in that work. Meanwhile, now we have tools like, we call this e-money platform where you can put everything literally in a portal and you can play what if scenarios and you can start looking at things that are really impactful when it comes to your financial life. But it is just amazing to me that we would push these big books that no one ever read, that had all the legalese in there and had all these terms that no one really understands and really had no value. But these are the kind of things that get pushed out in the financial services world.
2: Yeah, it's exactly. And our clients don't wanna know about, you know, how fancy of a presentation we can put together. They just wanna know, am I gonna have enough income in retirement? Can I live off of the portfolio that I saved and sweated my blood, sweat and tears over the last 30, 40 years? Well, that's
3: why our financial portal is so exciting. It's updated in
2: real time. You know, we just added a new feature where it pulls in your real
3: estate values in real time. So that when you want to make a decision, whether you take a bigger vacation or not, or retire a year earlier or spend more or, you know, set up a trust for your grandson, we can immediately do a what is scenario, which will tell you the impacts based on where you'll be a year from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, the rest of your life, multi-generational projections. I mean, it is the greatest innovation in the history of our business. And I got to tell you, most advisors wouldn't use it if we gave it to them. (laughs)
0: Because it's too much work. We don't want to work too hard in the financial services industry. That's one of the mantras. But you know another interesting thing that we find is that added sugar right it's like i stopped drinking gatorade years ago because i found out it's probably like worse than drinking soda it's like got 30 grams of sugar maybe that's why they came out with a zero sugar version this year but anyway i digress but i think you know what you see in the financial services industry which is very similar to that is these fancy products where they add on all these bells and whistles and we know that a lot of the annuities out there are guilty of this a lot of these structured products where you only get limited downside but you get X amount of the upside. And they sound really, really sexy. And they sound like, like really, really good common sense products. But when you start looking under the hood and how they work, you're really not getting a good deal. It's, it's actually bad for your financial life.
2: Well, you know what, Ryan, unlike food, where you can just look at the label where it tells you there's added sugar, you know, with a lot of these financial products like annuities or even mutual funds, you really have to dig through and do a lot of work to find the fees. I know you said that we don't work very hard in this industry, but I'll tell you what, I sweat all the time trying to find out where the hidden fees are. I make it my job. Hey, Chris, here's how you can tell there's hidden fees. You know, back in Ocean City, New Jersey, I have
3: on, you know, the Philadelphia news stations and there's an annuity salesman called Crash Proof Retirement who promotes like crazy. And then the other commercial that's on is this ambulance chasing law firm. And, you know, these commercials are expensive. And I love the Crash Proof Retirement annuity sales pitch. There's no fees. I've never paid anything. And then guaranteed and I get all this money. Meanwhile, the guy that sold it to him is flying around on a private jet. He's doing commercials that cost millions and millions of dollars, and they're not paying any fees. It's amazing. I mean, are these government-subsidized commercials? I can't figure it out.
0: Well, yeah, right. I think they're definitely paying it for their huge marketing budget because they make so much money selling these products. And I know that guy specifically, Bob, and he's got those gold cufflinks. I think there's a rule of thumb. If your advisor has gold cufflinks, don't walk the other way.
3: Run the other way. It's a bad sign. You know they're overcharging you. Well, the problem is, you know, we are a highly regulated industry, right? And it's like, we have to be careful what we say. We can't use the word guarantee. We have to act as fiduciaries. We're held to a very high standard. And, you know, my clients ask me, so how can they make these false claims? And the fact of the matter is, the insurance industry is not covered by any federal regulatory agency. It's covered by the state insurance industry. And why they allow them to say the things they're saying, I don't know. But boy, Kalman and emptor has never been more important
2: when it comes to these sales pitches. You know what, Dad? I think it has something to do with, I would suspect, they probably have a pretty big lobby in uh, a place called Washington, D.C. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to cast a Spurgeon's.
0: All those insurance companies in the Midwest, you know, the other thing to be aware of when it comes to your financial health are those trans fats, right? Nothing's better than eating cakes, pies, cookies, donuts. I'm getting hungry talking about all this stuff. But what happens is when you eat all those sugary and delicious treats is you tend to have a crash. And that's kind of like in your portfolio when you're overexposed to risk, right? At first, it can be phenomenal. And we saw that with disruptive technology. We saw that with concentration in Bitcoin and all those cryptocurrencies and how high it kept going up. And it was a huge high, like a sugar high. But man, the crash was incredible. And I think it's the same thing with your portfolio. I mean, reassessing risk is probably one of the most important jobs we have. And when you think about your own financial life, mitigating risk, which again, as Bob likes to say, is only known in hindsight, is so, so important. You can't sit on that. You really have to look at like, what's going to happen if if the market goes down? What's going to happen to my portfolio and model those things out? Because if you don't, man, oh, man, it can get ugly. And we've seen that here over the course of this year. It can get really, really ugly depending on how you're allocated.
2: Well, you know what? Risk is really subjective. I have a client of mine who I love dearly. And whenever the market's going up, she is so much about taking risk. He's like, why don't we have more risk in the portfolio? Everybody's doing better than me. And I always make a note on what date that I talked to her and what she said. I said, okay, you want to take more risk on this date. And then six months later, when we talk and the market's down, she's like, I'm so glad we're not taking risks. I'm so glad we have a conservative portfolio. And I always remind her, I said, well, let's six months ago, you were so excited about taking risk. He said, no, I wasn't. And I always send her a screenshot of my notes that says, spoke to so-and-so. You wanted to take more risk. You know, Chris, I wish I had done that when you guys were
3: growing up. So that would have come in handy. But anyway, you're absolutely right. You know, when you think about it, you know, who doesn't know sugar is bad for you? Who doesn't know if you don't exercise, you know, it's going to be poor for your health. That's why it's great to be accountable to a trainer or a dietitian to help you along that. I happen to have a, you know, married to a, a trainer and dietitian all in-house, so I don't have to hire anybody. But, you know, when it comes to risk, right, you don't know who's swimming naked until the tide goes out. And that's why it's so important to have an advisor to tell you about, you know, when you have these voodoo stocks, right? You have these cryptocurrencies or this disruptive innovative technologies in your portfolio that, yeah, feels really good. And, you know, how could something that's doing so well be so bad? Well, because we are able to analyze things and understand it a little better than someone who just looks at it every once in a while.
0: Yeah. And it's funny. I was talking to a friend the other day and he asked me like, well, exchange traded funds tend to outperform professional money managers. So if you're using exchange traded funds, like why do I need someone like you? I said, it's a good point. I'm worthless. And I walked away and cried. No, but what I said was <laughs> it's really about the discipline. Right. And I think about that, too. Personal trainer is a great example of that. It's like, yeah, I could work out on my own. I'm not going to do it as well and I'm not going to be up to date on like the best ways to optimize, you know, whatever I'm trying to achieve, but if you have someone you're accountable to and they put together a plan for you, it's just like in anything life, it's always going to work out so much better than relying on, you know, our ability to be disciplined, to know what we don't know, because, you know, a trainer, that's all they're thinking about is health. They're looking for cutting edge ways to enhance performance. That's all they're thinking about. So it really comes down to that, right? It's about having that accountability, having that strategy, having that plan, and that one that can be readjusted over time. It's that simple.
3: Well, the hardest thing in the world for everyone to recognize is that we're all ordinary, normal human beings, right? We all think we're the exception, but we're not. And every single one of you at some point in your lifetime, when you had a disruptive market, when you had a bear market, when you had extreme volatility, you either stopped investing in your 529 your 401k, you stopped uh, you know, looking at your statements. You stopped reinvesting your dividend. You wanted to wait and see till things calmed down. But you know what? We feel the same way. But because we follow a discipline, it doesn't stop us. And that's why it really helps to have an advisor. It's worth his weight in gold because what it's really about is compounding dividends and interest. And like you say, Chris, if you sit on the sidelines not earning dividends and interest, or you sit on the sidelines while you're earning dividends and interest and you let it sit there and do nothing, your result is you make nothing.
0: Hey, it's the hidden facts of finance, random financial facts that may surprise you or even shock you. All right, Bob, annual global sales of industrial robots and factory automation are forecasted to be more than double by 2027 to more than $100 billion, according to Brad Newman, Alger's Director of Market Strategy.
3: You know, that's the great thing about our country, you know, and business and capitalism. It's all about find a need and fill it right? Every business owner I talk to is having a hard time finding employees. Well, guess what they're going to do? They're going to automate those jobs. They're going to put robots in. I mean, that's the future of industry. And I think it's brilliant. And again, innovation is why we invest in the stock
2: market. We don't know exactly who the winners are going to be, but I'll tell you one thing, we're going to own it. Imagine having a Robo Ryan as your investment advisor. (laughs) That was going to take years to figure
0: out the sophistication of my brain. It's just like, it can take centuries. But anyway, Chris... Nielsen this month disclosed that US streaming in July passed cable viewership for the first time ever with 34.8 of total viewing hours versus 34.4% for cable and a paltry 21.6% for broadcast TV. Broadcast TV is
2: clearly out. Yeah, you know, I'm not really surprised by this because every time I stay in a hotel and I'm on the road and I try to watch TV, like I just shut it off because I can't stand the commercials. I mean, streaming is 100% the way to go. And the best part is you can binge watch your favorite shows. I still like some old-school cable once in a while, you know? Some of the old shows there are still pretty good, but that's just me. Ryan, I think your laptop also has a pull start. (laughs) That's exactly right. Bob,
0: by far the world's most searched consumer brand is Google, which seems very convenient. It ranks at the top in 100 countries. That's nearly half of all countries on the planet. With over 90 billion visits monthly, Google has unparalleled dominance in brand loyalty and website traffic.
3: You know, the surprising thing is that they changed the name back in 1996. They, it was originally called BackRub. So I guess the, the move to Google was a pretty brilliant idea.
0: I like BackRub better. Just imagine, hey, I'm going to be backrubbing all day. What do you mean? Chris, while equities are still holding up relative to bonds, there have been no monthly flows into stocks over the past half year. Bonds hate inflation, equities hate
2: recession, and risk sentiment right now is appalling. Man, oh, man, it's got to be a good time to buy. I'll tell you what, Ry, you know what? The market may hate all those things, but I don't know about you guys, but I love a discount. And right now is the time to buy.
3: Hey, don't forget, guys, when you have stocks, you just have the dividends. You also have stock buybacks. When you combine the two, the uh, equity yield is higher than what you're getting in any bond right now. That's why stocks are always the best way to inflation hedge your portfolio. Listen to Bob. Rumor has he knows what he's talking about. All right. Another great show. Hope you
0: enjoyed episode 96. If you like our podcast, love it. Please subscribe on Spotify. If you're listening to this on iTunes, give us that five-star rating. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you want us to talk about. If this is on YouTube right now, please give us a like. You can subscribe to the channel and click that notification bell. we be updated every week of all our new content. That's this week's Pain Points of Wealth. Stay
1: loose and keep an open mind. Thanks for listening to the Pain Points of Wealth. Hopefully you found the ideas discussed in this episode valuable and useful for your own financial journey. You can find out more about Bob, Brian, and Chris's firm, Pain Capital Management, at bebullish.com or through the contact information found in the description of this episode in your podcast player or app. Join us next week for another episode of The Pain Points of Wealth, brought to you by Pain Capital Management. Information provided on today's show is provided for informational purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information is obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed.